0: Hello, and welcome to The Five By, your Quattro Weekly source for rapid-fire board game reviews. 2023 is wrapping up, and we'd like to thank you all for supporting our podcast and for allowing us to carve out a space within this wonderful hobby of ours. As the holiday season is in full swing, some of you may want to gather with friends and family to play games outside of the home. Well, we've got an episode just for you! Jose explores Guildhall in Southern California, John takes a look back at the late Game House. Sarah reviews Durham's Atomic Empire, and I rattle on about Silver Key Lounge in the Phoenix area. But first, Ruel heads to the Windy City to talk about Snakes and Lattes in Chicago.
1: One of my favorite things to do is going out to eat. Michelle and I are foodies, and we love visiting new places. Whether it's when we're on the road or exploring a nearby neighborhood, we enjoy finding the spots that locals frequent. My main hobby is board games, though. And since I got into modern board gaming in 2015, I've been fortunate to see the merging of board games and restaurants, as board game cafes have become more commonplace. It's the best of both worlds, since board games pair perfectly with good food and good drink. Hi friends, this is Ruel Gaviola, and for this special episode of the Five by let's take a look at my all-time favorite board game cafe, Snakes and Lattes, in Chicago. Snakes and Lattes is a small chain of board game cafes that originated in Toronto, Canada in 2010 and now has locations throughout North America. I've been waiting for one to open in Southern California for years, and I still have my fingers crossed for one to show up. During the week before Gen Con in 2023, Michelle and I went to Chicago to celebrate our anniversary. We did some sightseeing, hung out with family, and ate lots of amazing food. Shout out to Kasama, Pequod's, and for all of you fans of the bear, Mr. Beef. As luck would have it, we were in town on the same weekend as our friends Amy and Maggie of the YouTube channel Themer. We were thrilled because Amy and Maggie are two of our favorite people we've met during our board game journey. Naturally, we had to meet up at Snakes and Lattes, since that's what we gamers do best, socialize over games, food, and drink. We walked into Snakes and Lattes and were immediately wowed by the interior of the restaurant. The atmosphere is awesome and it has the coolest decor, with a facade of being outdoors amongst tiny shops and businesses. It reminded me of Vegas, where hotels and indoor malls are made up to look as if you're in a small town with a painted sky above you. There's a small selection of games for sale, but it was probably the least impressive part of this location. There are also private rooms available for rent, but we didn't get a look at them during this trip. Amy and Maggie reserved a table for us, and we were seated next to the cafe's game library. Our server quickly gave us a rundown on ordering food and drink via the app, then took us to the main attraction, the gaming library. This library was located in a vault, and it was well-stocked with classics and the latest hotness. It wasn't as extensive as Meepleville Cafe in Las Vegas, but there were more than enough games to keep us happy for hours. Our server was knowledgeable and made some terrific game recommendations. Of course, when hanging out with fellow gamers, we had plenty of our own games to choose from. We each had our bags full of games and, after perusing the library, decided to play a few of our own. We played the underrated Marc-Andre title, Majesty for the Realm, then played lots of small box games like Namalia, Splitto, Sea Salt and Paper, and one of my favorite games of recent times, Nana, which I reviewed in episode 139. Our table for four was nice and spacious, giving us more than enough room to play our games. Time flew by as we played, laughed, ate, and drank. Our server was attentive, and we never had to wait long to order more food, get refills for our drinks, or extend our stay for another hour. I enjoyed my grilled cheese sandwich and cup of tomato bisque soup. It was the perfect dinner for a cold night in Chicago. Now, as much as I love this location, it wasn't cheap. For the four of us, we spent nearly $200 U.S. on food, drinks, and our table fees for our five-hour visit. This wasn't unexpected, but it was on the high end of what I've paid. I've been to board game cafes throughout the US and also in the Philippines and Japan, and Snakes and Lattes in Chicago was definitely the most expensive. Like other board game cafes, there's a fee to hang out and game. Since tables aren't turned over as quickly as a regular restaurant, these fees help places like Snakes and Lattes stay in business, especially in bigger cities with higher rent like Chicago. If we break down what we paid per person, it's really not that bad. Each of us paid $10 per hour to eat, drink, and play games for 5 hours. And you know what? It was totally worth it. Everything was outstanding, from the food and drink to the atmosphere and game selection. And, of course, the company. For gamers, Snakes and Lattes is a must-do if you're ever in the Windy City. Just a final note. As I put together my impressions of Snakes and Lattes, I thought about Gamehouse Cafe in L.A. Gamehouse was the first board game cafe I'd ever been to, and I have many fond memories of it. All of us gamers here in Southern California suffered a huge loss last year when Gamehouse closed its doors for good. So here I am again, crossing my fingers, hoping that Snakes and Lattes finds its way to Southern California. This has been Ruel Gaviola for the Five By, wishing you and yours a very happy holiday season. Thanks for listening. Find me on social media at Ruel Gaviola. That's R U E L G A V I O L A.
2: Welcome, friends. My name's Jose, and this week on the Five By, we're gonna help you answer the hard questions. Now, the easy question is always, do you guys want to get together and play a board game? Yes. Yes, we do. Always. I don't understand why you would even ask that question. The next question is the one that me and my friends sometimes struggle with. Where do we play? So, I'm here to introduce you to one of my favorite locations in the LA area, Guildhall Bar. Now, it's not a board game-specific place. Now, Hall bills itself as Your neighborhood nerd bar. But it's a little bit more than just a bar. Guildhall really embraces the nerd culture, not only in just as like window dressing, but it's woven throughout the things that they do inside the bar. There's always a seasonal menu that's themed after something within the nerd culture, whether that's video games or board games or whatever is going on. It always changes. And their food is actually really good. I would like to preface this next part by saying always drink responsibly. And also, alcohol isn't something that is absolutely needed to have a good time. I have tons of great time without ever even thinking about taking a drink. But if you are going to partake in drinking alcohol, Guildhall has you covered by having tons of locally crafted beers and a really good cocktail program that again also changes seasonally and is in theme with whatever the theme of the month is. So good drinks, good food, good atmosphere. The locations in both Burbank and Whittier uh, are always very warm and inviting. They have nice tables and chairs. The staff is super friendly and both locations have a pretty impressive board game library. Guildhall does a really good job of supporting the community. Regularly, there are board game groups that are hosted at the bar. I believe the bar itself hosts a board game night once a week. There's always launch parties or different events going on that are really celebrating things that are happening within our circles. And as someone that has a ton of different interests... I really like this place because it doesn't feel like it caters to just one type of person. It doesn't just cater to the video game crowd. It doesn't just cater to the comic book crowd. Everyone's welcome. Everyone has a good time here. When I found this place, a buddy of mine and I, we stumbled across it on accident, to be honest. We heard about this place, and we kind of just assumed it was going to be window dressing. But we decided to check it out anyway. And on our first visit, we were floored with, A, how welcoming and warm the place is between the location and the staff, but also we realized that it wasn't just window dressing. They weren't just using nerd culture as a facade to bring in clientele. You could tell that the people that work there and the people that own the place care about these things. There was really interesting artwork that you don't see anywhere else. Um, I believe the location that I always go to has this really cool portrait of the dream daddy daddies on the wall, and there's always new stuff coming up and changing. So let's recap real quick. Do you like places that are clean, comfortable, and inviting? That's Guildhall. Do you like places that embrace the nerd culture and make you feel comfortable no matter what it is you like? That's also Guildhall. Do you like places that have good food? Guildhall. Do you like places that have fantastic drinks that you can or you choose not to drink? That's fine too. Yep, that's Guildhall. This is a place that I love going to. I always invite friends and people that come visit the LA area. I recommend it to everyone. If you're going to be in the greater LA area, like I said, there's two different locations. There's one in Burbank and there's one in Whittier. Both are great. Both I 100% recommend. If you want to find them online, you can find their website at guildhall.tv. You can also find them on Instagram at The Guildhall, all smushed together. I hope that you're able to go and visit this place at least once and experience how nice it is. My name is Jose. You can find me on X ex- at sirbearsworth one You can also find me on Instagram at sirbearsworth. So, Come on by, say hi, and share with me some of your favorite places. Can't wait to hear from you. Till next time, friends.
3: This episode is about board game cafes, and I live in Durham, North Carolina, a small city that doesn't have a board game cafe. I've only ever been to board game cafes a couple of times when visiting other cities. The best one, I think, was Bonus Round in Chicago which I was delighted to discover is still there, and if you're in Chicago, you should check it out. I hope it's still as nice now as it was four years ago when I was there. Back home in Durham, finding a good place to play games is an ongoing question. You can't always play in someone's home. Not everyone can host a game night because of family situations or just having a small place with not enough parking or table space. And sometimes people live kind of far apart, and a central location works better. There are several bars in Durham that promote themselves as being board game friendly, but that often means struggling to fit a game on a small table, read the cards in dim lighting, and hear my friends over the ambient noise of a bar. So bars don't always work for a game night. My favorite place in Durham to play games, outside my house, is Atomic Empire. It's a game store, not a cafe or bar, but it's also a community gathering place. The space is large, and about half is tables for gaming. They have events several nights a week for all kinds of gaming hobbies. Collectible card games, board game night, D&D night, minis, war games, you name it. In fact, I once ran a voter registration drive at Atomic Empire at one of their events. It was a geek garage sale where people rented tables to sell stuff. I was working with a nonpartisan voter registration group and Atomic Empire gave me a table. I didn't register anybody. Everybody I talked to was already registered or said they were. But I gave out lots of information about voting and had some great interactions. And the folks at Atomic were wonderful, from the manager who set it up to the staff who were there that day, clearly committed to being part of the community. Even with all the events, the space at Atomic Empire is big enough that on most nights there's room for open table gaming. Our Pandemic Legacy group played many, if not most, of our Season 1 and Season 2 games at Atomic. They also have a couple of private rooms that you can reserve. A few years ago, I got to play games in one of those rooms with Meeple Lady and former FiveBri contributor Ruth. I think we played Goo Gong, which was really fun, and I got to see Meeple Lady's giant tweezers, the perfect accessory for a small person who likes big games, and you better believe I got one for myself after seeing how well she used hers. Back then, the only cost to reserve a room was you had to commit to buying a certain amount from the snack bar. I don't remember the exact amount, but I remember it being reasonable if you had any kind of gathering, but pretty steep for four people who just wanted to play, say, one game of Pandemic Legacy. I'm not sure what the policy is now, and this leads me to my only criticism of Atomic Empire, which is that this kind of information about store policy is not on their website or on social media. If you don't know how something works, like how to reserve a room, I guess you just have to call or stop in and ask. Atomic Empire does sell drinks, bottled sodas, and beer on tap. I can't tell you if the beer selection is any good because I don't drink, but there are some interesting sodas that I like very much. They have a little bit of food, mainly packaged snacks, and a cooler with ice cream and popsicles. And customers can bring in food from neighboring restaurants, which in the same strip includes Popeye's. Yes, I know, fast food is bad for you, but come on, it's Popeye's. And right next door to Atomic is Li Ming's, a Chinese grocery with a great prepared food section. You could grab something on your way to a game night, or in the middle. Maybe you play with someone with AP and you have time to run next door and get a pineapple bun while you wait for your turn. I won't judge. I will say that if you're looking for a cafe or restaurant experience with nice lighting and decor and table service, that is not Atomic Empire. It's a big room with rows of tables, a high ceiling, and bright fluorescent lights. But to be honest, I appreciate the bright lighting. It's better than having to use your phone as a flashlight to read the card you just drew. And the large space means you're surrounded by other people having fun playing games, which makes the environment more fun. Since 2020, they've spaced the tables a bit apart, which helps with crowding and noise. They've also gotten nicer chairs, which makes a long afternoon sitting in one spot more comfortable. Once several years ago, I was picking up takeout at Nuvo Taco, a local Mexican place, and I was wearing a shirt with a picture of a D20 making a sad face, like a frowny face, and the caption said, Low Rollers Club. The cashier at Nuvo Taco saw my shirt and looked puzzled for a moment, and then got really excited and invited me to D&D night at Atomic Empire to play with his group. I didn't go, I have to admit that I'm not that into D&D, but to this day I regret it. And I feel like that interaction just goes to show that Atomic Empire is the place to be in Durham. It's where nerds find each other. It's our space. And that's Atomic Empire. My name is Sarah. Look me up on the 75 different social medias at Ovenall. That's O-V-E-N-A-L-L. Especially if you're ever in Durham and you want to go to Atomic Empire. Then I really want to hear from you.
0: This year, a U.S. Surgeon General report came out that said about half of U.S. adults reported experiencing measurable levels of loneliness, classifying loneliness as an epidemic. People in the U.S. were lonely before the pandemic, though the pandemic certainly exacerbated it, and being lonely is pretty bad for your health. That lack of connection, coupled with people spending less time in person, has resulted in public health experts sounding the alarm. This finding has also resulted in conversations about America and third spaces. Third spaces are informal community gathering spaces apart from home, which is the first place, and work, the second place. It's a place where people can share ideas, activities, and time with others. There has been a movement to rebuild these spaces, for people to unwind after a long day of work, for a place for the community to hang out and chill. For those in the Phoenix area, one such place comes to mind, Silver Key Lounge in Mesa, Arizona. It's located about 20 minutes from Sky Harbor Airport, the main airport in Phoenix, and it's what I consider a third space. In actuality, Silver Key Lounge feels more like a very chill bar that has a lot of large tables and board games to play. And don't worry if you don't drink alcohol, there's a lot of non-alcoholic drinks too, It's a low-stress, fun place to hang out for a few hours and then go on your merry way. Well, unless you're playing a giant all-day game. In that case, you can hang out there all day. That's me whenever I sign up to play War Room. The lounge is open at 4 p.m. on weeknights and 11 a.m. on the weekends. They're open late, too. They close either at midnight on most days and at 1 a.m. on Friday and Saturday nights. What I enjoy about Silver Key Lounge is that there's not technically a cover charge. Your table is required to buy $10 worth of food and or drinks within a two-hour period, which is a very affordable price for a table. It doesn't seem to be strictly in force, but it also prevents people from just camping out all day and not supporting the business. Buy a soda or purchase a snack. There are plenty to choose from. Candy, cookies, chips, flavored popcorn from a local company, and there's even an ice cream freezer. There's a large menu of craft beer and specialty cocktails, as well as soda from the fountain machine and bottled special tea drinks in the fridge. The only rule is that you cannot bring anything to drink inside the lounge. That means no water canteens, iced coffee, anything. You're allowed to bring outside food, though, if you'd like. And there's a couple of places in the plaza that will walk your food order to the bar, or you can just walk down to pick it up. My personal favorite other restaurant in the plaza is Cornish Pasty. A pasty is a British-baked pastry, and the Valley Restaurant has so many yummy options to choose from. Food trucks also come to Silver Key Lounge in the back alley, from tacos, Hawaiian food, and even ice cream. The lounge usually posts on Instagram if a particular food truck is coming. So back to gaming. Silver Key has many different types of tables, from the fancy wooden tables where the board game sits recessed, all the way to your basic 3x3 square tables for small card games. It's a large space, and people are welcome to use any table that's free. We usually try to grab one of the fancy tables in the middle, because who doesn't love playing in one of these? The chairs are sturdy, or you can grab a table that sits up against an open booth. These line the outside edges of the place. You can also bring your own games, which I usually do, but there's a large library of games to choose from, which requires a small rental fee to check out. The one minor drawback of this place is that, since it's such an open space on a cement floor setting, it can get pretty loud, making it difficult to learn new games. On these busy days, I usually just opt for a game we all know how to play so there isn't much explanation before we start. Silver Key Lounges does offer a private room for rentals if that's more your speed, but I've never done that and just enjoy the buzz of a packed board gaming space. Silver Key also hosts Trivia Night every other Friday night, as well as miniatures, painting sessions, and Magic Card Nights. The biggest event they also host is the Sellers Market, which happens every first Saturday of the month. People can pay a small fee to reserve a table, that fee depending on which size you reserve, and sell your games. I've done this once, and it's quite a good turnout. It does feel good to make space and call your board game collection. I also did not purchase a game from another seller to bring home. Please be proud of me for having such willpower. The guy on the table next to me purchased three of my games, though. Silver Key Lounge is such a fun place to hang out and play games. I'm there a lot, and it's always a good time. The place is clean, the bartender is always friendly, and if you go there enough, you start seeing people you know every time you enter. It's worth checking out if you are ever in the Phoenix area. And if you are, hit me up and let's play a game. And that's Silver Key Lounge! This is Meeple Lady for the 5 by. You can find me on all the socials as Meeple Lady or on my website boardgamemeeplelady.com. May your holiday season be joyful and peaceful and filled with lots of games. Thanks for listening. Bye.
4: Hi friends, this is John Gonzalez. I got into board games in a big way in 2014. A friend of a friend saw my board game shelf during a party we threw in 2013, back when we used to throw parties and have game nights at our place. This friend of a friend then reached out a few months later and we started playing games together at a local board game cafe. Game House in Glendale, California. Up until that point, I've mostly played mass market games. In fact, my game shelf consisted of fare like Clue, Monopoly, Cranium, Munchkin, and the overly ambitiously purchased and still shrink-wrapped copy of Battlestar Galactica, mostly family titles we could easily share with friends and family. I was unemployed at the moment, and this new friend worked the graveyard shift, so we were able to meet and play board games at Game House during the afternoons. We would teach each other games that we'd learn ahead of time from rulebook PDFs we'd find online sometimes the owner robert would show us how to play some games sometimes we would sit there each take a game learn it and then teach it to each other and play rinse and repeat game house and its library was a pretty great resource for me as someone that was unemployed and looking to get further into the hobby of board games after all it can be a pretty expensive hobby the cover price at game house was then five dollars to use their library a bargain in my book It was also a cafe, serving up cleverly titled sandwiches like Turkey to Ride and The Werewolf. That one was my go to, it was a roast beef sandwich on toasted bread with cheddar cheese and a sriracha mayo that really had bite. Their apple pie was legendary, it was by far their most popular item and a must have whenever I had room for dessert. It was so popular that it would often sell out. Their board game library consisted of 1600 games and it was a good mix of mass market games, vintage titles, and modern hobby stuff, they had a great special collection. That you had to leave your ID in order to play games from. It was pretty much the only place I knew where you could play Glory to Rome, the famously out-of-print card game. Browsing the shelves with friends, chatting about our respective favorites and what we had yet to play, was a great way to spend time between games and eating. Game House was the size of two small retail stores, but its heart was big. The owners and staff were always genuinely friendly and always made me feel welcome. Its brick walls, pipe and board shelving evoked strength and reliability. It's owners and staff, familiarity, and warmth. My partner Lorena and I would often go and play some games, enjoy the food, and have a nice couple's night out. We'd meet up with friends there and game for hours. It was a great place for that. I met a ton of great people there. It was often a safe place to meet and play games with people you've only previously met online. It was hearth and home to many board gamers in Southern California. A hub for gamers like no other. By now you've probably noticed that I've been talking about Game House in the past tense. Unfortunately, it closed its doors in June of 2022, almost nine years after it first opened. I don't know the particulars of why it closed. I can only imagine it must have been a monumental effort to keep the place alive during the pandemic. When Southern California entered lockdown, owners Terry and Robert taped a playing card to their large windowed storefront every day the cafe was closed. During this time, they sold pies via email. Lorena and I would often order one, pick it up, and savor it throughout the week. Sometimes while picking up our pies, we'd bump into people we knew and hadn't seen for a while due to social distancing. Even in a lockdown, it was a hub for friends. The Game House crew was very generous. Even during the time it was closed in 2020, they baked up treats to be delivered to healthcare workers at local hospitals. For about a year before the pandemic, Amanda and I would meet at Game House with my other board game friends to play games. When the pandemic hit, after a few months of social distancing, we started to do a live stream on Twitch together. We'd do our weekly live stream and devote a good 10 or 15 minutes talking about game house's pie of the week we love the place love the owners the employees and of course the pies so it was the least we could do robert and terry kept the place open through the pandemic and when it reopened i was happy to mask up and play games once again their reopening was a testament to their resilience and their love for the local board game community and now that it's closed i really long for a place like it i know it's probably not fair to the listeners of the five by for me to offer up a review of a place that is no longer there but I truly miss Game House. I hope that the owners Robert and Terry are doing well, and I truly hope that they know they brought so much joy into the board gaming community. For the 5By, I'm John Gonzalez. Find me on social media as Book of Nerds. Thanks for listening.
2: You've been listening to the 5By, your monthly source for board game reviews. Feel free to follow us on Twitter at 5 Games, Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash 5By Join our BGG Guild, number 2810. Listen to us on the Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And check out our website at 5bygames.com. If you like what we do here and want to support our work, visit our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash 5bygames. And as always, thank you for listening. For more shows like this, check out the Goonhammer Media Network. More
1: info at media.goonhammer.com.